Well, Principal, may I begin by saying what a great pleasure it, it is to be here and to see so many 714 pupils in very good facilities. And I pay tribute very much to, to all of the teachers and the student representatives and the parents and everybody who are working together to create the great atmosphere at Ole Arachtols and Scotia that we can perceive in this school. Erin Gedal, she has Mila Buikas, has Sachten Firkin Fulcher, Darish Romain, is Red Mother Kaelin, is Tris Liam Levas Gokra, the top winter Makaki, Harna Shaska Bliana, Agas is Honor and Aurere, the Portuguese Shifche Clure, and Shaska Blian Shinner in Silmar Skull. Felicidades por su trabajo, son los estudiantes de Irlanda. I so wish you well. And this is such a great atmosphere in, in this school. I do want to thank your principal, Sir Alan, and the staff and the Board of Management for showing me all the different activities that are taking place in the school. These days, I have to say, when I'm, I have to be very careful about speaking in Irish because I'm completely opposed to the idea of firing in a compulsory paragraph at the beginning of a speech and another one to finish, because I don't think it's fair to the Irish language. And I was particularly interested in the language room, which you have teaching in German and French and Spanish and so on. And I think if there is proof positive that learning the Irish language doesn't stop you from learning any other language on the planet. Quite contrary. All the skills you get in relation to using languages translatable from one language to another. When Cato Thrawn, the first president of Ireland, Douglas the Heather, spoke eight languages. Uh, and I think that it's very, very, very important that we get over old prejudices that are really uh, secondary forms of laziness very often. I think that this, this school has an extraordinary history. And I've been thinking when I was preparing my remarks to come down about 60 years ago, it was 1959. And I'd say to the children here, I thought I'd speak very directly about that. Between 1955 and 1960, uh, 250,000 young people left Ireland. They went mostly to England because America was quite closed at the time. And there were about 60% of them, there was slightly more girls than there were boys. 55,000 every year, mostly going to England. The girls went and they would run, if you like, very often. They would train the health service. And gives you an idea of the difference to life, to life was at that time. To train to be a nurse at home in Ireland, you had actually to pay money to be a probationer in Dublin. Whereas, in fact, the people from the different houses around Ireland went to England and they trained in the British National Health Service and they came back and they became the matrons and assistant matrons. And they actually were the best nurses, wonderful people, who in fact made a great contribution. Their brothers very often went, often with only primary education, 55 to 60, to build, the, to build Britain. Digging trenches, building houses, building roadways, building canals and so forth. And in 59, this is the significance I mentioned of that school uh, that was established then. And the great, great, her privilege to be here with the sister and Bonahor, the founder who is with us today, is that secondary education was not free. Secondary education would not be free until the 1960s. And therefore, 
very few people, uh, in the case of my own family, which there were four, half my family emigrated in 1920, with uh, two of my sisters having an opportunity for two years' education. I, myself, and my brother, we, I, we, we, we went on and we did the, the, the leaving. But I don't say this in many cases that it's good enough that we have, in fact, access to education. You wouldn't get good facilities like this if you didn't have visionaries who saw that education was so important. And one of the things about visiting schools that are very, very important is to see how important everyone is. Uh, from the, the, the student head that you pick, to the caretaker of the school, to the management of the school, uh, to those who look after all of the facilities, to the principals and to everyone. And that's what creates a great atmosphere. Often, uh, as president of Ireland, I look back sometimes at this. I'm not stuck in but looking back because I think this is there's a very good things about this school. I think I looked at it, the history that founded in 1959, and then again it has changed. I, I think that it, it gets extensions in 1982 and extensions in 2004. And these wide corridors and the multiplicity of the subjects and the use of light. And what a great, great advantage it is. So therefore, we owe something to those people at that time in the 1950s. Many of them, they are our fellow Irish people. Many of them are now in England. Many of them didn't ever come home and so forth. But to think that they, how proud they would be to know the people of the age that they were forced to leave Ireland through economic circumstance, to do the people in a fine school like this now, being able to, to, to study music, to be, able to, be happy, to be able to read books, to be able to acquire other languages, to be able to compete in all the different sports and facilities like this. And I think that that is something to be celebrated. But it's very important not to suggest to suggest that this somehow happened by some kind of accident. It did not. It was appalling that people had to leave in the conditions that they left, and often with such little background. I think as well there were people who fought for education. There were teachers who said they wanted to teach in good conditions. The teaching trade unions are very important in that. There were visionary political politicians as well, who in fact actually said we must educate our people. And that's why that decision in the early 1960s of Nanakumali was so, so very important. I began teaching at university in 1969 in response to all of that huge intake that came into the universities. They certainly had to be taught and so forth. And I have to say, on Montor Gaelga is a former student of mine. We're not going to give the years because it will be a major breach of privacy. Now, I think as well, I have another connection with Kildare. <coughs> I'm so pleased to see so many people representing different cultures gathered here. I, I, as a, as a, my father, when he left uh, Tintown at the end of the Civil War, would get a job nowhere. As he write, wrote afterwards and about it, very few people would hire an ex-internee. And he was hired by Nolans in Newbridge. And he started life all over again as an apprentice to bar and grocery at £50 a year living. I only mention it to say about the importance of welcome, hospitality and receiving other people. Newbridge has that, has that I remember when I was minister coming down to open the, the arts centre. It's very, very important, the word hospitality. 
These are real words. This is what is very, very important. Hospitality, being able to receive people. As I always think of that line that my father's now in the historical records for people to read it, very few people would hire someone like me at that stage. And it was in, in the year 1924. Representatives of a family with members on each side of the Civil War, all of whom had been involved for the War of Independence. So history is very, very important. And we have yet to see you are going into such an exciting time to be able to see girls studying science to be able to people studying music, to be able to look at all of the professions, and to know that you're at the forefront of the establishment of equality, the right of women to be equal in every aspect of life. And I so am proud of the degree of literacy that young people have in relation to the environment that the principal has mentioned. I'll go to New York in just under two weeks' time to speak at the United Nations on the importance of the three interacting crises that we have. An ecological crisis. The principal mentioned stewardship. We have done a bad job at stewardship. We have brought our planet to the point of near destruction. And then the crisis in relation to economy. We are still having an appalling proportion of our people living in, in, in conditions of global poverty and avoidable diseases and using technology and science in the interests of war. And the third crisis, in, of course, is in relation to society, where we have, in fact, a, a breakdown in social cohesion. And you, I think, are going to be very interesting. I've been speaking about it recently. The old paradigm is breaking. The notion that all you had to do was to teach children to be greedy, aggressive and individualistic, and to grab what they could out of the world, and then to feel guilty for a few years in their life and give a little back. That's over. There is a new form of ecology in which the people of the world are interested in their planet surviving. They're interested in people being free from the basic necessities of life, be it clean water and food and education and housing. And they're also interested in living together in peace. And you will be able to see past the loud voices that are speaking about how important it is to be aggressive and so forth. Those days are over. And when I speak in schools, I speak about the importance of eliminating all forms of bullying. Because it's like a poison in the society when aggression fleets into it. It, freak, it creeps into the media, where people imagine that you can only be successful if you're in a denunciatory mode, when you're barking at somebody. There's an incredible thing, I was a great philosopher recently who's been pointing out about how people, for example, thinking that efficiency means coldness that when you're in fact actually removed from any connection or empathy with those around you you're somehow or another on your way to being a superior kind of manager another dangerous piece of poison in the world but it's all changing and you're going to enjoy all those changes and it's going to be a far far more exciting time deciding how science will be used deciding how people will be empathetic in relation to each other not seated, but caring for each other, creating new forms of decision-making in which men and women are equal, caring for people of all ages. I think all that is very, very exciting. In my time, when I went to secondary school, for example, you had to choose, if you chose Latin and Greek as I did, you couldn't choose science. I was never sorry I studied Greek, by the way. Uh, and it was, that is just a matter. 
I think that what I want to say about this school, if it began all those years ago, on the 7th of September 1959, it was also building on something else, and that is the Holy Family Sisters, to whom I pay tribute. They had had, a, 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 if you like, a, a primary school in 1875. Now, I've said that the secondary school was founded when there was nothing available for people in a universal sense. The same could be said equally true of those years in the primary school. And it began then as a, a, the, the secondary education was introduced by Monsignor Miller, the parish priest of Newbridge. And then, as in so many other places, it began as a secondary top with six pupils. And I've looked at the, the history of the school sister, Gertrude O'Sullivan, and it moves on from six stood pupils in a secondary top in 1950 to 75 pupils in 1979 to 714 today. And my wish and Sabina's wish and for all of you, you know when I became president of Ireland about eight years ago and I ran two consultations with young people and I spoke, got, really took the views of about 800. And one of the things I kept saying to them was, if there was a single slogan I would say, it is something I had borrowed from a, a, a very fine philosopher, and it was about be the arrow, not the target. All of the technology, all of the environment, all of the science is there for you to use it as you choose ethically to use it. But you should never be there passively to have it rained down on top of you and so forth. And that is a huge issue, one you will be dealing with in relation to the, this coming year. And it, isn't, it is, uh, no more than in many cases, politicians now give speeches about climate change, and that's very good, and about sustainability. But we are all going to have to change our behaviour. It is politics will change, institutions will change, but we will all call upon to change, but in exactly the same way. Unfortunately, we have bullying still in schools, and it has to be eliminated. And it comes out of a culture that is not empathetic. And in exactly the same way, it is in one way, we had a choice, it's one of the, in the same way as we brought the planet to the point of destruction. We have brought the introduction of technology in the wrong way into our world. Instead of creating the capacity of all of our citizens, we offered our citizens, young and old, with some means and others, up as consumers. They simply said they were there to consume product, and they're barraged every day. What a meaningless conversation to have when you think of the music room you have and the history of music. How different that is, or the sport that you're playing than people having a, a mindless conversation. Have you got this product yet? Are we on the planet to breathe and be simply there to be consumed in our consumption? And that's going to be turned around by people of, of this coming generation. I speak very strongly and very directly now about it. I also think it's very, very important to, tell, to think that if I have been speaking when I became president first about the importance of eliminating bullying, of no child ever feeling vulnerable, think about people, people are vulnerable now, of people through the use of the new technology and through the use of the new means of, of communication being at risk of people who would, uh, who would abuse them. I think that that is why it's very, very important. And there's something as well. You get sometimes tired if you were president, if you were, I've been doing it, like I'm, if you were in fact giving heavy messages. 
I don't give heavy messages, really, because the fact of the matter is one of the reasons I was interested in the music room. It is possible that to enjoy so much in life, to get so much out of life because we care for others, because we love music, because you respect the human body and you're interested in sport, and you're not interested in sport only to be continually compared with other people's lesser competences, but because it is a good thing in itself. And to be able to take all of this out and think of what, in fact, actually, it would be wonderful if every child had these opportunities. And that's what it, what it should be in a republic. Every child having an opportunity. I think in the year this school was founded, in 1959, I was in doing the Leaving Certificate. And at that time in the Leaving Certificate, Three people in my school would possibly go on to third level. Half are, they went to England, about a third of them are dead now. And the others, we got out a book called, uh, uh, that the Irish Independent published. And we applied for all the jobs in the libraries and in the ESP, like I did myself, and in CIE and all of the rest of it. And we're grateful to have done that. But I lay that history out and say, we lost so many people in Ireland who are never given opportunities. And to this wonderful population with all these opportunities, my suggestion to you is look always at those who do not have those opportunities and make it your life's work that you will eliminate all the impediments that's placed in their way. Every child should have what you have. And that would be my wish for them. I do want to say as well in relation to the other initiatives you're taking, your peer collaboration initiative, you know better than me all that you have in this school. And it would be remarkably tedious if I simply repeated it and listed it, apart from being a waste of our time. I do want to say as well that in relation to one of the things from going back, as I have been looking at these different issues, about how important reading is. People, I think in many, many ways, you might say I have a vested interest as somebody who has published books. But one of the things, there is nothing more beautiful than handling and opening a book. We always, those of us who write books would say, I always refer to it as making a book. Because the person who produces the, the material for it, and there's the paper, and there's the binding, and there's the stitching. And a really good book of a paperback variety is one that has very, very well worn, that has been carried around and read and finished and so on. So I say to you, make sure you don't neglect reading. Take time for reading. And in fact, no something else, no matter where you will find yourselves in your future, you will find yourselves, in fact, never alone if you have if I had a wish and I was starting it all over again, I was a minister in government 30 years ago, 93 to 97. And it was one of my aims that I would love to see finished, is that every child in Ireland able to swim, every child in Ireland able to have access to a musical instrument, and every child in Ireland able to have access to books and reading. And if you do that, no matter how oppressive your circumstances were, you'd be able to criticise it properly. But in the meantime, apart from that, this is the last thing I want to say. It's important to recognise that life is full of joy. We are fortunate to be on this, in these circumstances where we are now. We're fortunate to be free to have the capacity 
to want a better life for ourselves and future generations and for all of those who feel excluded or on the margins. So it's great to be alive. And it isn't ever about when you come in. This is the, that's the test of a school. I visit many. You wouldn't be long in the door when you will know immediately. This is a place that is relying on authoritarian structure. This is a place where people are let free. This is a place where people are encouraged to develop their capacities. Augustan Talquik and Gakra, near one or about the Shivain, after Furnaskalian and Montori, it's some Nechatahos and Adaltifain, Agaskakden and Megagoberson Skull. I so wish all of you every, every success. I said that it was almost breaking my own rule now they're finishing in Irish. But the fact of the matter, what I'm simply saying is, I use it every day in different circumstances. And maybe it hasn't done any significant damage. I'm still able to speak. I can walk. It hasn't. So, one of the great things about it, as you will all be travelling all over the world and in different circumstances, won't you be able to say to all those languages around the world that are represented here, we have our own language too and I speak it. And it doesn't matter about the degree of competence in which you do so, but you use what you have, when us. But what a great thing it is, 60 years. So let us honour those who founded this school 60 years ago. All of those who served over all those decades to make it possible. And all of the teachers and parents and those who supported and all of the children and all of those who went through it. And my wish for you, Makriya Mark, is very much as so wish you. Bear Banach, Dantauki, Agus, B, B, Kinot, as a queen, a meshid, a jail, a lesson of the Neatolitiak, a corahen, a dinny, the cosmoid, and the Thank you.